I'm Elise. And I'm Lizzie. And you're listening to Cool Moms Podcast. Are we on the air? And welcome back to another episode of Cool Moms. Hello, everyone. Hello, Liz. Hi, Elise. I really want to practice my ASMR. This is Elise. You better shut up. Welcome. Why do I always have to start the podcast with inviting you to shut up? (laughs) Hello. We have a special guest today. His name is Sergeant. (laughs) We do have Sergeant. (laughs) I'm so happy to see Sergeant. Yeah, I didn't feel like excited to see Sergeant figuring out childcare. So I was like, I'm going to bring him. Yeah, I was like, it's a mom podcast. It is a mom podcast. I am a mom. So here's my kid. His sound, his background noise is perfect. Perfect ad libs. You got the Sesame Street in the back. (laughs) (laughs) So when you hear yelling, Sesame Street banging, it is Sergeant Farrar letting his presence be known. Yes. Yes. Liz, how's your week? This week in motherhood. Um, my week has been very sickly, dickly, no dickly, just sickly. <laughs> um, I've been very sick. Uh, it's been very cold. I've been very uncomfortable. My toes have been frozen. My nose has been bleeding. When I get sick, I just am nose bleeding. I went to the gym sick. I feel like it's a piercing. It's just like a feels like someone pierced has a nice needle just pinched in my head and that's it's been very rude fun. to everyone else who goes to the gym for you to go to the gym it is sick. very rude very rude banger because the guy next to me had the nerve to start shouting and chanting and talking about people harassing him people harassing him and he felt that he was being harassed because he thought it was okay for him to have his boombox his bluetooth speaker <laughs> blasting as he worked out and i'm like well sir come on so i don't give a fuck i hope i i hope i made him sick oh lord um but he yeah, had been very sick very uncomfortable um and also just like annoyed with the weather, you know, being in five, four degree weather is never fun. I'm born and raised here and every winter it feels like I've never experienced winter in my life, right? I know. Um, I found myself earlier today seeing a peak of sun shining through the um, Aram's bedroom. So it was like nicely array of sun just beaming on her carpet floor. So what I did was I laid in that very spot. And let the sun hit me on my face. And as it shifted, I shifted with it. <laughs> I was that desperate some, for some vitamin D. That desperate for some sunshine. And I didn't just want to see the sun. I wanted to feel it. Yeah. And that was the only way in this long stretch of this winter that I'm going to get some sort of heat. Do you take supplements? Like I have vitamin D drops. No, I don't. But Maybe look into some supplements. All right. That could help. How's your week? Um, well, I'm going to echo what you said. Okay. This weather is beyond. Yeah. Like, you know, this, I think I've been in New York now seven years, but I'm from the East Coast. Yeah. I'm from the East, and it just, I, I just don't think that people, specifically black people, are built for the winter. So I'm just not going to do it anymore. Mm-mm. Uh, I know I've been talking about it for many, many episodes, but it is finally happening. I am getting the fuck out of New York you City. Go, baby, go, okay. baby, go, be gone. Can I get a window? Seat? <laughs> 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 yep. Yeah, I can't do this anymore. The way my seasonal depression is set up, I like it is debilitating. <laughs> it is really debilitating. I if this wouldn't have been if it wouldn't have been for Cool Moms today, this would have been day three of me not leaving the house. Oh my god! <laughs> so I get it. I like I get it. it just it's just not productive <laughs> it's not healthy at this point my child is going to become a recluse because I'm just we're not leaving the house and that's so sad because I hear you I was well, so, so inspired by you because you take him out to the park every day yeah except but, now yeah I mean also why would you have your child at the park that's rude. that yeah. is yeah child abuse yeah. um so yeah we are moving to LA hey Sunday, Sunday, LA. La, la. Part of the, the wave of New Yorkers that migrate to Los Angeles when they just can't take it anymore. Mm. Yeah, but I'm super excited. I've got like a little over a week left in New York. Mm. I know, it hit me. I've been cleaning out my place, throwing things away, throwing things away, <laughs> throwing things away. Okay. How does it feel? 
Well, right now it feels a bit a bit hectic because it's that like big upheaval when everything is just a mess before it can get organized. So I had to order like new luggage today. Oh, that's fancy. Yeah, it wasn't so fancy, but I mean, it'll get me to LA. <laughs> it's from Amazon. How does but, that work when you want to have to ship? I mean, clearly I've never left my city. How does it work when you have to ship a big load of Well, I've moved a lot, but I've never moved such a far distance. Um, So I'm just purging a lot of stuff. And then I'm going to box up the things that I really need and want and ship them to my new address so that they'll be there when I get there. And then everything else just put in a suitcase. The thing, the good thing is that I'm subletting my place uh, for quite some time for about the year. So like heavy things like coats, things like that. I'm just going to leave in my apartment. Oh, yeah. I mean. Your subletter doesn't care? I, I hope he doesn't. Okay. I mean, I don't care if he cares. Oh. It is not his house. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's still my house. That's fine. <laughs> so, deal. Um, last time I had a subletter, though, I left a bunch of stuff in one closet and I gave her the other closet. You have two closets? Yeah. Wow. Two deep closets. So, I think that's pretty substantial. Hmm. Yeah. And I'm clearing out a lot of the stuff, giving away furniture and things. I probably got some toys I could give you. Yes, Just I'm taken. Goodbye. Yeah, let go. So I'm pretty hyped. So now I can really refocus mm-hmm. on this art installation coming up. Had a really good work call today with a contact that I made in L.A. Mm-hmm. Okay, got me another gig mm-hmm. before I get there. You better gig it up. Gig it up. So I'm excited. I'm ready. That That's like the the light at the end of the tunnel. That's awesome. It's sunny Los Angeles. So probably after this episode depending on if we order it if we uh, release them in order don't matter <laughs> nobody well, our, our, next, <laughs> our next one will be uh, from LA yes exactly sergeant <laughs> and then um, oh, I know yeah yeah the next big thing happening this week um, what are some things? Oh, I had the the book release for the Nightlife of Jacuzzi yes. Gasket. Congratulations! Thank you. Yes, that went amazing. I got to meet the author for the first time. That was really sweet. Uh, we made some really good connections. So I'm excited to see how we're gonna like continue to collaborate. Mm-hmm. We got some plans. Didn't you say there was a special guest there? Was that, did I make that up? It was Drag Queen Story. Got right? it. So okay. the drag queen. Yeah, okay. mm-hmm. I forget her name though. Um, yeah, so the author, he's based in California, so we're going to collaborate when I get out there, which mm-hmm. I'm happy about. But on a not, not as exciting note, um, Sergeant is a year old, so I had to make the, his one-year doctor's appointment. Have you taken Aram yet? Oh, yeah. I took her two weeks ago. Okay. So it's vaccination time again. And I, don't, I think I'm going to opt out. Of the flu and what is Well, I always it? opt out of the flu. Same. I don't fuck with the flu Same. vaccine at all. I don't get it. He's not getting it. There was three of them. What? That that she had to get. And I think Akeem. What? Probably the MMR. We do that. I don't know the codes. Mm. But I'm 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 in between with vaccines. But her daddy said we're going to get him. So I let her get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I don't think. At least not this particular doctor's visit. I feel like I just want to do a little more research. And I feel like if there is a place to live where you don't vac- vaccinate your kids, it's California. So (laughs) we'll see. Maybe he'll just end up at some hippie school on the beach and like (laughs) none of the kids are vaccinated. That sounds like a dream. Right? You gotta. Let's pop pop this bottle of sparkling water. Yes. So yeah, I'm really excited to get to Los Angeles. I'm excited to be in a new space, meet some new people, get some sunshine, get my body back. As soon as I touch down in LA, I'm like. You running? I'm running. I want a, I want a green juice. Oh, wow. I get really real healthy. You better go ahead and adapt the culture. That's great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All the good things. No drugs. What are drugs? I don't know. I just think of LA <laughs> and think about drugs. It depends on what you're I mean, doing. I guess people think the same way with New York, but you know. It, right. Just it seems darker in New York. It seems yeah. like a party in LA. Yeah. No party drugs. What are party drugs? I don't know. Listen, <laughs> but, uh, somebody could answer that for you. Okay, well, we'll see. <laughs> but no, that's not why I'm going there. Not the drugs. So in terms of the vaccines, I did call his dad today and I was like, although I knew he'd probably be on board with it, whatever I thought. Mm-hmm. For the most part, we're on board with how we raise Sergeant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was just like, but then his shot record will be behind. I was like, yes, I. What does that mean? Meaning, you know, the shot, your shot record is what you present to schools when you have to enroll your child in school. 
That's the only reason people get vaccines, to be honest, is so you can enroll your kids in public school. It's not actually to. Is he going to public school anytime soon? Uh, right. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. So okay. I was like, yeah, uh, I think it'll be fine. He was like, okay. So that was that. And then my mom didn't really have much to say either. That's not really, uh, don't got a lot of shit to say about it. Well, you know, with vaccinations and mother, it becomes very, very difficult. Um, I had, when I was pregnant, there was a lot of people in my ear asking me, where did I stand with vaccinations? Mm. And I was given books, the books I do not remember, but people were throwing books at me like, do your research, do your research. And I don't know, I was stuck in the middle because, you know, me and my whole like natural, my my body does whatever it needs to do. Lizzie was telling me, oh, she doesn't need vaccinations. But then there are some people saying like, no, don't think about that. Don't think that way because... Because the reason why you're able to, you not vaccinating your child, I mean, these are, everyone had their own yeah. opinions. They're like, you not vaccinating your child um, doesn't really mean that it's the right decision. Why? Because that child, there's everybody around them is vaccinated. Right. Right. So. So then they should be good. And that, that's what I said. I was like, oh, so they should be good. Thank but, you guys. But they were like, it's not because of the vaccine. It's not because of the 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 child's natural whatever to fight against vaccinations. Mm-hmm. It's because everybody else is vaccinated. That's mm-hmm. why your child is going to be able to to take care of themselves in that aspect. But it's very safe to vaccinate your child because you just don't know. The thing is, I didn't know, and I don't. I still don't, I don't have yeah. the answers. I really don't. Um, I don't know. As a as a especially as a Black American, I think there's just a lot of mistrust in the government, and yes. there's been such a long history of like giving veterans or soldiers syphilis. What was that? Um, the Tuskegee Airmen? They mm-hmm. inject it with syphilis. What? The Tuskegee, excuse me, the Tuskegee experiment. Why did you laugh at me? <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Um, you know, vaccinating people over in Africa, but actually you're sterilizing them. Yeah. So I just, I think... You don't know what to believe. Yeah, I think having some suspicions and having some apprehension is valid, and I just would rather do my own research to really figure out what I think is going to be best. Um, we have we know somebody who didn't vaccinate any of her children. Um, her children are not in school. Right. So What kind of school do they go to? They go, they're homeschooled, mm. and she plans, she told me that she plans to homeschool them for the rest of their lives. Um, yeah see that's I don't really plan on homeschooling sergeant but like maybe I'll change my tune when I get to Cali I don't know I don't even know how long I'll be in California but you know he can always get a vaccine it's what he can't take it away yeah and also having a boy you know there's a higher risk for autism I know people like to say that those things um aren't connected but they are connected. Yeah, yeah. And actually, I had a friend who blames autism, um, her stepson having autism because of a vaccination. Right. Um, what I don't like about the vaccines is that they triple them up. They double them up. So it's what like, do you mean? Meaning like when we were getting Aaron vaccinated for her first month and her second month, there was like, oh, this shot has three different shots in it. So Akima's like, but what if I want this, but not the don't other? Want that, right. And they're like, oh, well, it just that's just how they come. And he's like, yeah, I don't like that sneaky shit. Mm. Like, why can't I? And I guess it's easier and faster for them because they said it would, the process would be much longer if they didn't have to triple them up or double them up. Right. I'm not a professional. I do not know. But, um, <laughs> FaceTiming? Yeah. <laughs> 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 the sergeant said so I figured I'd pick up and let him know I was recording yeah <laughs> I mean I guess that's a podcast you no one could see you yeah no <laughs> one would have known had you not told lovely him spot. <laughs> <laughs> leave it to Lizzie <laughs> yeah leave it to Lizzie so yeah it's a I don't know it's a super controversial t- it reminds me of this SVU episode where like SVU yeah dun, dun, dun. Is that dun, dun. yeah dun, dun. Mm-hmm. I think clearly I don't watch it uh yeah yeah it reminds me of the SVU episode um where it was like this really prestigious private school in Manhattan like super expensive private school and parents weren't getting their kids vaccinated and all of a sudden there was a measles outbreak mm-hmm it led to some other twisted things, and somehow Olivia's son was also involved in this because his son always involved. In I know. Something. What's his name? Mm, Max, Noah. Alex, Noah. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> Noah. Noah. Uh, yeah. So it always reminds me of that particular episode. But I think there's something to be said about the fact that 
people who are very privileged and wealthy are the people who are not getting their kids vaccinated. I don't know. And they pushing poor people to get vaccinated. Isn't that funny? Which <laughs> reminds me Jokes of on us. Documentary that I watched when I was pregnant. Um, a friend, Lindsay, uh, our friend, Lindsay, I never remember anything, but mm. she made me watch it. She didn't make me watch it. I told her I wanted my, my family to see home births, blah, blah, blah. And I don't want them because there's skeptics and I didn't feel like having to explain myself on why I went a home birth. Anyway, the documentary was about all these doctors who are OBGYNs. Mm. They all had home births and they felt guilty of having a home birth knowing that damn well everyone they treat is being treated in the hospital. Right. And there was something to be said about that. So I was like, if the professionals and the researchers... Right. I just think, you know, there, there's... It, every, everyone, I think, when it comes to politics, healthcare, specifically in this country, I think it's important to continue to, like, to... There was a word I was searching for. It was a smart word, but I lost it. <laughs> it's important to aggressively do your research uh, because they're just because our country is controlled by money and things always funnel back to uh, big pharma or the government that <laughs> the powers that be. Uh, I think it's just important to have your own mind. And mm. so I'm just giving myself a little more time and space in order to do that. So. I'm sure we'll get a lot of comments about this particular segment. Was circumcision circumcision an important t- topic for you as well? Um, that, what does that mean? Like, I don't have a son, but... Uh, I mean, I knew I was going to get him circumcised. Okay. And his dad knew he wanted to get him circumcised. What is the reason for people to circumcise their children? I think there's probably some historical thing. I don't know. At this point, I think it's just like a social norm mm-hmm. to get your child circumcised. Mm-hmm. I have had sex with men in the past. I've not been circumcised. Not my favorite. Oh, okay. So why? Because it just didn't look good. <laughs> <laughs> so I just didn't want some woman to be like, "Oh my god, I hooked up with Sergeant and it looked crazy." <laughs> that was the reason why I got him circumcised. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't look good. Yeah. Wait, did it feel good? I, I, yeah, yeah, it feels the same. It just didn't look. And then, then you got to teach your son about dick cheese and like cleaning out his foreskin. Uh, I just wanted to skip all of that. So, yeah, no. we we snip snip. <laughs> hey guys, hi. We have the wonderful Elise. This is your homegirl. I want you to yeah you. I, you no, you were gonna do no no no. You guys have such a nice when they <laughs> hug. They hug for five minutes. They don't they don't unlock for five whole minutes. I know, and every time I'm like, oh, Mara's gonna feel my energy. She's gonna yeah. know if I'm off. Yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> what you feel? She feels good. I mean, I, I want to hear more. Mm. Ooh, what did I feel? You both feel good. Oh, okay, fine. I feel like I came in here a little off. So I'm like, no, yeah, I'm, I'm late. I'm sorry. It's okay. So you I'm came just in trying with to the, like, like quickly make up for like my lateness and like do what <laughs> no, I no, need no. to do. It's okay. I don't know you were late. Nobody okay, knows you were late. Hi, I wasn't late. <laughs> so yeah, we have the wonderful spiritual mm. mother designer, creative artist, Mara Hoffman here. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Yes. I'm very happy for you to be here. You <laughs> yeah, happy. you were at the top of our list as soon as we started Cool Moms to Come. So I'm excited yes. that, you're, that you're here and we can chat. Mm-hmm. But yes, so I'm moving to LA. We were catching Mara up on our like This Week in Motherhood and I was telling her that I'm moving to LA. And I'm moving for a few reasons. One, because I'm just kind of exhausted by New York. Mm -hmm. And for, I think for a while I was really fighting it because there's this energy of New York, like push through and it feels like almost giving up if you leave. And, and I mean, honestly, this like really ridiculous feeling of like, uh, lacking relevance if you leave New York and just all of this stuff that doesn't actually matter. But once I really kind of took myself out of that place, I feel so much more spiritually aligned when I'm in LA. I've had some like my best spiritual experiences while I've been there. I have a really big art installation project out there that opens in April, like a dream project. And so that was my anchor. I was like, I'm just gonna use that as the excuse to just do it. That way I can be there, I can focus on the work. Um, And I just wanna be in the sun. Do you guys edit this? Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay. I don't know what's, what's okay. And oh, you mean like for cursing and for anything? Like, oh, you can curse. Talk about you can curse. Um, Sergeant's dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so how's that? Like okay. for that? Yeah. So he just came back from LA. He was shooting a film, and I think it also got him in a really good place. And when he came back, he was just like, "I'm so excited for you guys to move out there. I think you're going to be so happy there. I think Sergeant is going to have such an amazing time being on the beach." And was just so incredibly supportive. He he knows how difficult it's been in terms of um just like my mental health being here for a while so when i of course i was nervous to tell him because he's going to be so much further away from us yeah but he was a hundred percent supportive and was like i love la i'll be out there more it'll be just like another reason okay. to come there and how about your mom of course my mom ex. mom I'm was in. first mom. yeah yeah of course mom is supportive but you know she's a little bummed where's she's, mom where is she in maryland yeah she's close yeah mm-hmm. She's like, she gets on the train and she can come here. Mm-hmm. So She'll just stay longer in LA now. Exactly. And we can have more quality time. Yeah. Because I think mm-hmm. I told you, like, I, there was a bit of friction in my family anyway. So when I go to DC, Maryland, I don't stay at my parents' house. Have you had house. your mom on the show? She not, not on, but she was at our first recording. Yes, she is she a super cool mom. And she is. She's so rad. And so when you meet her, she's just like one of those extraordinarily special women yeah. that feel Thank like you. at least, but are so cool too. And, <laughs> she was yeah. the first cool. She's the you first should, cool. You, you totally. Totally. I did. I, mm-hmm. She was my blueprint. Mm-hmm. I will I will give her that mm-hmm. for sure. And isn't Mama Aries? What's No, she's a Gemini. She, she feels like an Aries. Right, right, right. She does feel like an Aries. Does she? Yes, Who's she there? Yeah, okay. Me. You're, no one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one in my family. Lizzie's an Aries. Okay. My moon is Aries. Okay. Yeah. Right, Sergeant. So wait, what's your moon? I can't remember. Leo. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I'm Aries, Capricorn, Rising, Leo, Moon. Ah. Uh, I'm a lot. What are you? Um Aries, Taurus rising, Moon Virgo. Okay, a lot of Earth to ground the fire. It's mm-hmm. good. You know. And what's your rising? Gemini. Oh, okay, there it is. Oh, okay, no, no, no. I don't know why my brain just thought. De- oh, yeah, Scorpio, Gemini, Aries. Aries. Oh, great, nice. All over there, but good. Covering the bases. Yeah. So, I'm really just. I mean, and I'm excited to start some new opportunities to really uh, wholeheartedly pursue media work mm-hmm. and my artwork. And I know that this um, this installation is going to be like a great start. Yeah, I think it's going to be amazing. And I think it's like that big step of getting free of that idea of the relevance one is big. It is. But it's like a prison. It, it mm-hmm. keeps you in the, and it's imagine it's, it's not real, mm-hmm. but like we made it really real. And... Yeah. LA is still so creative and things are happening there and I'm very excited for your shift. I always Thank wanted you. that shift and then kind of thought I was going to move to LA years ago, made a big deal about it, had like a piece written in the LA Times about <laughs> the move. Like it was big. That sounds like something It was I like the done. biggest piece of press I've ever had <laughs> was about me moving to LA. What was it? Why were you so connected to LA and just, why did you feel like you I had wanted to be there? the lifestyle? I think Joaquin was three mm. and he's seven now. And I just longed for the lifestyle. I wanted to be by the beach. I wanted to like shift my days differently be closer to nature and I went out there and spent a few weeks and then I got back and I'm trying to think at what point I was with the company maybe the company was like I I don't know it was that many years ago however many years ago and I just got back to New York and in my line of work I get so much done here and that was the big difference is Mm. that in LA, the th- it would take me, I'd get one of the things done in a day as opposed to like the six things that I could get done in New York. That's so a hustle. The hustle was so different. It is. And I was like, I'm too close. Like I'm too close to getting this boulder over the hill. But the funny part about that is that fast forward this many years and I'll say the same thing to you. I'm so close to getting that boulder <laughs> over the hill. So, Maybe, I mean, may not be the, hill the hill just, just keeps, keeps moving going. ahead and you still have that boulder. And then, and now I'm like Bali. Yeah, like, that's what I'm saying. Maybe it's a different place. Do we go to Bali? And, yeah. and so that's been sort of like this next like carrot in front. I have never been to Bali, but somehow Bali came up and I was like, we got to go to Bali. Same for me. Maybe there's something in Bali. 
Bali for you? Same or for LA me. was the Mine thing? Bali was, was for me, Bali randomly, was two years Recently. ago. Oh, two mm-hmm. years ago. I thought I was going to move to Bali. Yeah, I've got the Bali really? calling. I haven't been there. I'll get there. I'll spend two weeks and be like, yeah, New York. <laughs> and Thailand. <laughs> I've never been to Thailand. I thought I'd never been there, but I thought that I was going to rest there. I just know people escape, like, people from New York go and live in Bali and there's an amazing school there and there's community there and mm-hmm. like-minded people and I feel like Hav and I would, you know, find our hippie Get right into community. The, the really, fold of it right. all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I think my, before this, it was New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And then, but I've never been also. Me neither. <laughs> but I was just going to move, why not? Be to, go to these places. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I don't know, but I've been to LA okay. quite a few times. Me too. So I know LA, I have community there. Wait, when is the show? Which show? In April. In April. Oh, uh, April first. I come, on, but it'll be up for like six months. Or oh, more. I'm coming. Yeah, you got. To. I'm coming on the sixth. It's gonna be 10th. amazing. Oh, good, and you'll take me. And we'll yeah, go. okay. It's gonna be amazing. It's on La Brea. It's right by LACMA. <laughs> oh my god, I can't wait. Okay, I, that's perfect. Yeah, it's a dream project. So I'm you'll really give excited. me the solo tour. Yeah, amazing. It'll be good. Amazing. So uh, you were talking. Did Joaquin being three and like being a new mom, does that did that have any sort of factor in you thinking that you wanted to leave New York? Absolutely. Like keep him closer to the, any other element besides concrete, mm-hmm. you know, get him into the ocean. But what we did soon after that is we found a house upstate, which was really amazing to be able to do that. So I'll say that like that was pretty a huge like milestone in all the years of having this business and growing this thing was to be able to have that freedom of a space outside of new york that's a huge thing like a huge accomplishment totally so that changed everything that we felt because we could leave and we could get somewhere in an hour and a half and we're on a lake and he's in nature and he runs through trees and he has like secret hideaways and my husband is super like nature man and so and Joaquin is the same way and so there it is it changed my life yeah and I stopped craving LA in that way so it all came down to nature I was just craving that's what you want 100% nature that's what I need we all need nature yeah I mean we're starving for it here Mm -hmm. I did the same thing this past weekend we're looking for property upstate amazing and I just put in I just went blindly I said I'm gonna put an offer where well two places a place in Copake and one in Newburgh Newburgh is a little rough, but uh, Copay. New York is uh, Newburgh is up and coming though. It'll Newburgh it'll change, up, yeah. But, yeah. So, but there's like it's in um, like Parkland, like there's so nature. Newburgh is a little rough as a city, okay. just an hour away. It's okay. alongside the Hudson, literally along the Hudson. Which it's is a long history. Ride. It's really, really beautiful ride. Copay, um, what is that on the? My locations are really bad. Would you live there and commute? Hell to New York? no! I'm too much of a, a New York okay. City rat. Okay. To really migrate at this point in life. Okay. <sighs> but same. I need some grass. It changes things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It does. I, I considered moving upstate before just deciding. I was like, LA makes sense for you, but like you're at this place in your career and the work you're doing and the community that you'll have in LA will support and just like the specific nature of your work. LA will nurture that. Definitely. And people are cool. I think people are cool and nice in LA. I think so too. And I mean, remember, well, we were in San Francisco together, mm-hmm. all of us, mm-hmm. um, a few months ago. And and I know that it was all there like for fun and like a celebratory kind of feeling. But there is a feeling of yeah, community. It so and It's a different air. There's something. Mm-hmm. There's something. As soon as I touched down in LA, I was just telling Lizzie, literally, I want to go hiking. I want to get a green juice. I just want to breathe. Get a colonic. Get a colonic. At the airport. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Let it all out. Empty. I will. As Empty. soon as I get there, yeah. I'm doing the New York City toxins out right. of your asshole. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Next to go. Annie's pretzels. <laughs> yeah. Get, get a quick colonic. Mm-hmm. I, I, to I want to do all of that. <laughs> and then Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> no. I uh, Lizzie put me on to this uh, woman who gave me a spiritual reading at the top of the year. Mm-hmm. And one of the things she said was when Sergeant turned five. Shout out to Sylvia. Yeah, shout out to Sylvia. Mm-hmm. When he turned five is when he entered this world. He's also losing his mind over there over this little talkie. He's having the best time. Yeah, I love this kid so much. Me too. So she said that he was a man of the sea and that it would really, it would behoove me to have him near the water. <clears throat> so that also was a factor yeah. in everything. Mm-hmm. Do, how do you feel now? Do you feel settled that, that you have the place upstate? Do you, st- <clears throat> you still feel like New York is home? 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean... Where are you from originally? Buffalo. Oh, yeah. But I've been in New York for 22 years. Really, the larger portion of my life. Um, I spent one year in Paris when I was studying. And then besides that, it's just been here. And um, I don't... I don't know anymore. Like, I don't know about a lot of things anymore, to be really honest with you. I, it's like, I... Talk I don't, about it. I don't know. I that mean, was my morning. Yeah, I don't I know. I started my morning saying, I don't know. And, yeah, that's it. I, I don't... I mean, there are certain things I know very deeply and intrinsically to be true. I know what I love. I know who I love. I know that, like, I'm a creative human being that's here to do good things and to put beauty into the world, period. I know that I have great purpose. Um, do, I al- do I always feel in a total knowing that like it's directed into the right medium? No. Do I always know for sure that I'm living in the right place? I don't. It's an interesting, and I'm more into that place now, so I'm older than you guys. Um, By like two years? No, I'm 41, just so that you guys, listeners can kind of get an idea, at least of where, (laughs) you know, like what part of my life I'm in. Mm -hmm. And I've gone through different phases of feeling really like just grounded in it, Mm -hmm. and I'm in a new one, and that one is just sort of like questioning all the parts of it. And I I think I I learned... um, I see this woman, she's a a therapist, but she's based in um, Buddhist philosophy. She's also a kundalini teacher. She's really great. And she talks about the cycles um, and like the seven-year cycles. Yeah, it's my seventh year in New York. Okay. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm in my 41st year. Mm. I'm going into my 42nd year, which is like a big time of you go through these like skin sheddings, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been in the 14th year with my husband. So it's like all been in this year. My hu- my su- my son is seven this year, mm. and so it's been a lot of like, all right, how does this feel? Like feeling it out inch by inch again. Mm. I don't know, mm. and it's been really amazing with him, kind of bringing it back to the mom thing. Seven is amazing. I'm gonna tell you this. Like Why? seven, seven is the is like something else i somebody once said i think it's like the waldorf school philosophy and don't quote me on this (laughs) but they talked about how special seven was because it's when it's like when you land on earth um and when like a Mm. child like finds themselves like they become their person at seven and it makes sense. It's like the completion of your sev- first seven-year cycle. Mm-hmm. And I see that in Joaquin. My son is Joaquin. And I see that in him and like who he's just become this human being, this like very interesting, dynamic, funny. And he was always those things. But now he's, he's like he's Joaquin. He's this mm, being. He he's, himself. This, he's this human that is strictly him influenced by his parents and nurtured by his parents but so much him it's really fascinating to watch and like precious and beautiful and i like i'm holding on to this sort of what feels like for dear life like holding on to this glimpse this experience with this human that we get to cruise with did you mourn at all that transition of him being younger and being more more a part of you i've almost been more into it um the more he's been able to communicate, like the more I can be with him human to human, the more I'm into it. Like I wasn't a huge infant person. Same. It was really hard for me. Like infancy was not definitely (laughs) not my favorite phase of this. Mm -hmm. It was really hard. And I think because ultimately I'm very independent, it was really hard to feel like my body didn't belong to me and that it was constantly being needed by this other being, no matter how much I love him, like love him more than any, uh, you know, like we don't even need to say those words. Yeah. But I was so grateful to get my body back, just to get it back from being clung to in a way. Um, And I think a lot of people feel that, but it's like a weird thing to say. Like, oh, great, my baby doesn't need to cling to me anymore. (laughs) And that was a big thing for me. And then to be able to like reason with him has been really important to me, to my personality. You are hitting me. Right, to not have to be in this place of just constantly like negotiating, always negotiating. I mean, we're still negotiating. (laughs) But when they get into these phases, you're just trying to, negotiate with them to like for them not to like freak out 
and keep him cool. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now we're at this place where you can tell him why something won't work, and he's like, oh, okay. I get it. Oh, my God. I, get, I mean, this what is like... What a relief. Yeah, it's a big relief. And, he's born um, 2013, 2012. What year? 11. 2011. Oh, my niece. Okay. Yeah, he's going to be eight, um, April 14th, another Aries. You have an Aries son. And an Aries mom. What is that like? I don't know. Someone once told me that like I originate from like a tribe of Aries, like that we like cling like that and that it's just been part of this particular karmic run Hmm. is like really experiencing it through an Aries lens and trying to, I think ultimately, and Joaquin's super into astrology now, which is so much fun because he asks everyone what their sign is (laughs) and what their element is. And like everyone looks at me and like, because if you know me, you know that like I lead with that. Mm -hmm. Um, And everyone just rolls their eyes at me like, nice one, Mara. (laughs) Cool. Gee, I wonder where he got that from. But he's super into it. Yeah, himself. (laughs) He's super into it. And um, he we were talking about what it means, though, to not be like there's definitions of our signs and these characteristics and um, certain personality traits. But we can't just become those things like he was like, Aries are impatient, though, Mama, I'm impatient. Aries are impatient. And I was saying, yeah, but those are our lessons. Like, we don't just get to stay impatient. Those are the things that we're supposed to grow out of. And, like, Scorpios are intense and can have sharp tongues, but it isn't like you get to be that your whole life. It's like the idea. No, you know what I mean? A one, you know, maybe stereotype of a Scorpio. No, Scorpio. Maybe an accurate one. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) So it's been a really interesting thing, like, teaching these, like, basic ideas of evolution through astrology to a seven-year-old boy who's like finding his human now mm. that must be so fun it's cool you know one gift you've you, you've given me for 2018 that i hold so dearly to was um in san francisco i sat i heard you speak and automatically i gravitated towards you and i was like i have to speak to this woman not often do i feel that way usually I, i'm pretty known to like let things Pass by, I'm like, oh, whatever. If it's not in front of me, I don't touch it. You know what I mean? So I seen you and I was like, no, come sit here next to me. Aries. Talk to me. Yeah, <laughs> right, 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 right. And <clears throat> there was something that happened in the morning and you were, and I was ex- explaining to you where I was and how I felt about fashion and where I was coming towards. And often you, you did mention what you mentioned to Elise, what Elise mentioned, which was like holding on to the idea. What, what, like, or, um, the status, what did you say earlier? The, the identity, maybe? The identity to something. Yeah. And with it, that, you said, well, you, you've learned to celebrate death, and we don't do that anymore. We don't do that enough. That's and that resonated so well with me, just celebrating the death of something, letting it go and having a nice, beautiful celebration mm-hmm. for it. And that was such a gift for me. Thank you for that free gift. But I do want you to really explain, because you're more spiritual and you have a, such a great way of explaining and it was so well said i want to know what what have you what death have you celebrated recently yeah. um so i i don't know how far back or how much to give on this but i have you know dedicated a, a p- part of my spiritual practices through ceremony and through um medicine work and meditation in that space And it's been, you know, something that I've cultivated and been able to find a a, a vehicle to different, you know, deeper portals in myself and and outside of myself and get some really deep insights. And I was doing a lot of work this summer in that space. And I had an incredible download. I was really, like, given just kind of a blast of information and uh, this beautiful baby is crawling up to me. <laughs> so beautiful. Um, and it was around death. And it was around this idea that we do everything in our power, I think, as humans, at least in our culture, probably very much in the uh, Western culture, to preserve life and to keep things alive for as long as we can. And, and we've been taught this, that like dying is something that you avoid at all costs. And whatever it is, you try and keep it alive. Mm-hmm. And whether that's a relationship or anything, really, even a human being, like, don't li- like dying is the failure. And I just got this like hit of information that, oh my God, wait, 
I think we have it all wrong. And if we could get really good with death and this idea that by letting things go, we actually are completely, I mean, this we know, by letting things go, we're freeing ourselves up for to receive so much more, but that there's so much beauty on the other side of allowing for death. I mean, we walk through this life like basically carrying corpses behind us, mm, whether mm. they be emotions, like things we just can't fucking let go of feelings towards people resentment uh, something we didn't think that we you know we didn't get what we deserved or we were burned or we were hurt or literally somebody who's passed and we just can't stop carrying them and we end up at this certain part of our lives with like i mean how heavy is that bag and i looked at it and i was like we carry corpses until we decide to like not and make these beautiful funerals for them. So that was this idea that we need to be making, we need to be celebrating and getting really good and making death something so beautiful and so like as sensual and exciting as as birth, because we put all this focus on birth. Oh my God, newness, newness, birth. But we take it all away from when it's time to plant it back on the earth. It's almost like shame. Mm. And so... We started hosting these um, upstate at my house, just like basically like funerals with mm. bringing these beautiful flowers and altars and and really understanding it's like that let it die, let it die. And like that became a mantra. So for my show in September, I actually had a funeral. You came, did you? You can't. Oh, you couldn't. I had in the a middle. Sh- you had a show the I same day. I had an day. art show the same day. But um, it was like my way of communicating it through my work of let's. Let's bring the soil into the space. Let's f- get our senses around these smells and this feeling of lilies and, and humidity. It was so hot and this feeling of earth. And we all, I don't know, just have so much that needs to go back into the earth mm-hmm. so that we can actually grow new things and be free. So death has been a really big one. And then I've watched it sort of contagiously like hit the people that I do this work with, like one after the next, like get the, the death hit with where you're like, oh, holy shit, death, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I gotta start dying more. Like let me, these parts of myself die. These identity parts, this, this relevance. Like relevance is like a corpse. Ugh. Right? It's just another corpse. Absolute to think that you have to you. carry this like one aspect of yourself that maybe once was, maybe sort of still is, but th- that is just like weight. Yeah. To then, I don't know, bury it. Bury it and be without any of them and see how that feels. So that's that's the death thing. <laughs> so anyone who listened to this, I'm sure this moved you just as way the way it moved me back in September when you first sat me down and you said that to me. I was just so taken away and I was like, hmm. I think often because I I was always teased um, very innocently about how I had so many friends and I've let them go. And I found nothing wrong with it. I have new friends left and right and they all leave left and right. And people are like, you can't hold on to friends. It's like, not that. I just change out of them. Mm -hmm. And um, whether I change out of them in a, a nice, holistic, healthy way or I, or they they move on in a healthy way or they end really abruptly. Maybe that's why I'm being teased. But I had no issue. I never thought it was a problem. Is that how, still how it is? Very much so. But I never had an issue with it until, you know, like my sister or my, my siblings or other people like, you know, you always, you, always, you always got a new friend, but you always like don't have them. Like, Do you have a few after. that have been like the long run with you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh-huh. sure. Are you depends sure? On, yeah, it depends on what you say. Long. <laughs> the thing is, with me, it's um, I look at friendship very, very. I I think friendship is very easy for me, and um, for some people, I feel like a friendship requires so much. It's like such an investment, and I don't look at friendship as an investment sort of thing. It's like you have to be around them. You got to hold on to them. You got to call them every day. That's not me. Mm-hmm. I am a person that you can see me two years later, and we can sit down and have the same conversation, get back where we started. And that's how I view friendship. It's just kind of eternal, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, but not everyone sees it that way, I guess. I think it's different for everyone. I mm-hmm. mean, like, right now, I'm I'm so 
deeply grateful for the few people. I don't. I know a lot of people in my life. I've met a lot of people doing what I do and just being in New York this long and being alive this long. You meet a lot of people. And a lot of people that are like, you know, oh my God, I love you so much. <laughs> A lot of those people. Yeah, a lot of those people. Too many. I love you. Um, But the ones that are somebody, all these like quotes. (laughs) Sorry, I'm that guy. I have another quote for you. Pull it out from your back pocket. Someone said once that if you can count five true friends on your hand, you're a blessed human being. Mm. That's it. Count your friends on one hand, and I feel like that because I'm I'm very narrow and deep. Like I, I I don't have the bandwidth for a lot of super like a wide range of depth with a bunch of people, but I have it real deep with a few people. And I, like, I hold on to that with such reverence and such intensity, especially now. It's interesting. Again, like going through these different shifts in my life where my friends, they're, my closest friends are women mm-hmm. right now in my life. How long and have they been in your life? It's during, Different lengths for different ones. Like Same. my newest friend is like an, a year and a half, and that's a really new friend to be on that on that hand. Yeah, but like some of my friends are like twenty five years, you know, really long, and I, I would feel devastated if I didn't know that they were there, and because oftentimes, even knowing that they're there, I feel alone. Mm. Like I don't know. I think we all do, right? Like I, I feel lonely sometimes, even just like in existence. Sometimes I feel lonely. Yeah. Through all of it, through the meditation, through that, I mean, we're humans and we like go through these glitches and you're meeting me today, talking to me today and I can only bring you what I'm sort of feeling today and sort of exploring those feelings. Even if you're in an intense relationship with a partner, it's really easy to shift into like, holy fuck, I came in alone, I'm going out alone. Mm -hmm. Like that's real. And the only thing, I mean, it's amazing when you get those realizations of loneliness because it gives you that opportunity if you use it to know that like you're the only person that can truly make you happy mm-hmm. you're the yeah. only person that can truly save your life you know you're the only one and although i love these people so deeply and would go to like the depths of hell for them and i know that they'd come at it for me too at the end of the day like i'm the only one that will like really ma- maintain and find my happiness that's right. it and that's hard sometimes that you it can't is. find someone else to like do that for you. This got sad. No, no sad. it didn't. Not, Not at all. I think it's just realistic. Okay. I mean, the most difficult part about me transitioning out of New York is leaving my community. Yeah. I, you know, I can find a new job, a new gig, a new opportunity anywhere. I, I easily meet people, places. I'm not afraid of that. But I don't think that, <clears throat> I think for me, one of the, the greatest lessons, I had an ex tell me this once. And even though I don't like her, this is probably the greatest thing she ever gave to me. And that was, um, she said that you treat strangers better than the people who love you the most. And I was like, oof. And it didn't resonate with me until years later. And I realized how disposable I can be of people who are always show up for me. And I think in a lot of ways for me, it was a defense mechanism uh, to not be accountable and not be dependent upon by other people. Mm-hmm. And so I've had to learn how to show up better for other people uh, in that. And so now that I've cultivated this community where I know what it feels like to have to make sacrifices and do things that don't feel good because I, I love this person so much sometimes, things that, and by don't feel good meaning like inconveniences. Because right. I don't like to be inconvenienced mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. I can see that. Yeah. I didn't leave my house for three days. Like, I just don't like to be inconvenienced. Um, So now that I I think I've learned that lesson so much better, now I'm just like, oh, I have to leave my people because I got people here. You know, Uh, I have a couple people here that are like the people I would count on my hand. But then the people that I've known for such a long time, they live, they're dispersed. Yeah. And so I'm really excited about the idea of being alone and being a little lonely Mm -hmm. and reminding myself you can do it. You yeah, do you it. still have those people. You still have that hand. Yeah, and they'll be there. And mm-hmm. there's a there's a there's a definitely a comfort in that. And it'll be interesting, like once you sort of clear the slate to see who you attract. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you you know you attract what you are, and so by the people that show up and start getting interested in you, you can kind of get like a good insight on who you are and what's going on with you. Absolutely. So LA will give you that good oh, opportunity right. to be like, okay, Listen. who am I? Who do I? You know, who's showing up? Someone's already a few people have already shown up, and I'm like, okay, I, I like these people. 
This I is like good. Okay. I've, I like got, I've got really good people in LA. I know you, you do. Please do. Like total good out there. I mean, they're like the out out there artists. I need them. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I want them. Okay. <laughs> so I want to back to back to Lizzie's point about death. I would love to kind of wrap it up with um, what is the death that you've celebrated most recently? I think I'm in it, honestly. I don't know if it's even wrapped. Mm. I think I'm... I think it's like this this transition of... Like, who I've been my whole life and who is, like, always going to be me. And then the part that is the unknown that feels kind of scary. I think it's, like, death of aspects of my identity that are really linked like it's the same thing that we were talking about in the beginning of you know I, I built an identity on what I do and that is something kind of like scary at times because when you start questioning if you still want to be that thing and do that thing who are you without it mm. like who am I and I want to be relevant and I want people to know who I am. I mean there's my ego but it's true I'm right. living this experience where I want to make really amazing things that people like know that I'm really good at what I do and like they love what I do and they think I'm great at it and I want to be held up in the world through that perspective like I it's it's a part that I almost wish, wish I was comfier letting die yeah but like real deal it is it's it's a part of my existence. It's a big part of like the ego cruise on this. Um, but I know that I'm like slowly transitioning and it doesn't mean like I'm transitioning out of my job and my role, but like I'm transitioning into something right now and I'll keep you posted, but through a transition, things are dying mm. and beliefs about myself and beliefs about the world that I'm in and, and the importance of things change and die. And so that's a big one. Um, working through it and it's a constant like dance between like birth and death and birth and death and these ideas that I've got it and this like clarity and then okay let that go rethink and that's where I'm at I know it sounds so vague and abstract right now and it isn't just like a solid thing to tell you well this died or this part of me died um but you're also in it I'm in it it's hard to I'm in it I'm in it. I feel like I just started the work. Like I just started it by getting this like information of it and started to like first bring it into my work, first understand that, okay, it's beautiful. I'm good with it. I'm beautiful. This is beautiful. Starting to um, get good with the theory of it and now applying it to the feelings that come around it, the emotions that are like up for the, you know, up to die. They're like, I'm here. I'm ready to die. (laughs) What do we do? (laughs) Now where do we go? Now where do we go? How do we do this? Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Something light. Is it what day is it? Today is the 22nd. So something light for the 22nd. For the 22nd, which Mm -hmm. is four. For moms. I don't know what the significance of four is, but we'll circle back Four is my favorite number. Is it? It's a beautiful number. Do you know what the significance of it is? Something great. I don't know. Okay. Figure out four. Four. I don't. I since I was a kid, I adopted the number. I don't, at the age of four, I said four is my number for life, and I kept with it. It's a nice number. Nice even. Solid. Yeah. Solid number. Mm-hmm. Solid number. Mm-hmm. Like that. I don't think I have a number. Do you have a number? Yeah. What's your number? Twenty-four. Oh. Why? That's the date of my birth. I just always like there it. it is. Yeah. <laughs> I like fourteen. I met my husband on the fourteenth, and Waco was born on the fourteenth. Mm. Something sweet about the fourteenth. Fourteenth is ninth. So is eighty-eight. Which is my year. You were born in 88? Mm-hmm. The year of the dragon. Oh, and the snake. <laughs> okay. okay, serpent. <laughs> Lizzie, do you know what you are in the Chinese uh, zodiac? I don't know. Probably something great. I don't know. <laughs> I have no this clue. Fair. fair. Um, no clue. Yeah, but I love being here and thank you. And being a mom is radical and hard and all the things and seven's rad so for all of you guys with like little ones that aren't there yet i'm telling you it's so good i'm glad you brought hang in there i'm ready it's pretty brilliant moms are always asking about moms with older children because we have 
Such you have a lot of babies. Yeah. yeah. Your community, you guys are like in a younger. Right. They're just, everyone's just starting. Right. Yeah. Taking the dive. Everyone says, take it slow, take it slow. But what you said about a seven year old means everything to me. Yeah. But, um, we'll yeah. let it go. Well, this is perfect because. And uh, three and four really kind of suck. So I've been told. <laughs> just a heads up. So I've been told. <laughs> Not well, really. It's we, all beautiful. Yeah, it's okay. We don't have to lie to them. <laughs> I'm really excited if you'll stick around for our DM question, which actually did not come from the DMs. It got it was in a text message. But it's from Rujeko Hockley, who was a previous guest on Cool Moms. She's also the assistant curator at the Whitney, and mm-hmm. she is a few weeks away from giving birth to her first child. Amazing. Hi, Rujeko. Hi, Rujeko. So I'm really excited for her. And she she texted me a bunch of questions. So we're going to narrow it down. I think it's especially special that we're talking now about birth after a lot of talk about death. Um, Here's one. Because I'm I'm, going to ask this one because I'm curious about what you did. So one of the questions that she asked was about the placenta. And if do you encapsulate encapsulate or otherwise eat or not like what did you do and why what did you do mark i i um my doula she took my placenta and she um i dehydrated it and ground it up and put it into capsules for me and i um took the capsules okay did you feel anything? I, I have nothing to compare it to. Everyone <laughs> says that they don't like, know. Unless you have two and like you do it once and then you don't do it the second time or vice right. versa. Um, but I liked the act of it. I liked it, the idea of consuming that part of us back mm-hmm. into my body. And I thought that there was something really like rich in that. And then she also took the placenta, she took the placenta and made these like stamp arts out of it and and then she took the umbilical cord and like dried it it was like a full art project and dried it into a a heart a little heart Mm, where is it now in my room okay sweet you just reminded me of where mine is where is yours now that i'm i actually i was like like probably in a like if you told me right now to totally spot where it is in my house (laughs) it would maybe take me like 25 minutes okay (laughs) that placenta is somewhat to know the truth i had a similar situation with the placenta well actually to answer which question i had mine still in my deep freezer I had planned to, I had this whole thing about I wanted to plant it into wherever I was moving. So two weeks after having the baby, I moved into a house and I said I was going to plant it in a backyard. I never did it because the backyard was filthy. It had like condoms in it and weed. How old is the baby now? She's one. So I was like, oh, I'll do it on her one-year-old birthday, but I'm going to do it this summer. But then my dad wanted me to take it to Nigeria and plant it in his village because she's named after my dad's village. I was like, ooh, or I was going to take it to Jamaica. But either way, I wanted to put it in the earth, back into the earth. And then someone told me that they did that in this amazing tree. I don't know who told me this. I wish I remember. This beautiful tree started to grow right next to it when they did it with their child. It's beautiful. Yeah. And similar, my shout out to my midwife, Kim. She did this whole artwork with my placenta, but on like a muslin because I didn't have art paper. Uh-huh. So it... It's kind of faint, but again, it's in the basement of my house. So it's a thing. It's a thing. Placenta art. Yeah, placenta art. How about you? I did not do placenta art. Did you eat your placenta? I did not eat my placenta. It's in my freezer still. Really? Also, yeah. Why, yeah. why, why didn't ground? you eat it? I wasn't interested. It grossed you out? Or like, what was the feeling around it? You know, it's interesting because n- I do a lot of gross stuff. <laughs> but I guess people would think we're like unsavory. But it took me a long time to drink my breast milk. And I didn't eat my placenta. I just wasn't super interested in eating it. I did want to do the the burial. I had spoken to this man um, who's from West Africa. I forget specifically what country, but he told me that uh, uh, traditionally they you bury the placenta in the homeland of the father. Mm, that's <clears throat> maybe it was Nigerian. He wasn't Nigerian okay. though. It was for uh, like a smaller country, mm. but um, yeah. And so I was like, oh, maybe we'll take it to Charlotte. But I was just like, oh, I don't like Charlotte. <laughs> So I was like, I don't really want to take it there. So uh, perhaps when we go to L.A., maybe we'll take it to the beach since I had that spiritual That's reading. Nice. And Oof. she said that he's a, a man of the sea. Maybe we'll bury it at the beach. Beautiful. Yeah. Or throw it in the water. Put it in the water. Yeah, something like that. So but I'm glad we're talking uh-huh. about this because I would have forgotten that it was in Reminder. the freezer. 
And I forgot with my last sublet. And she's like, oh, yeah, I, I was going through the freezer and I saw that it looked like it was spoiled meat. And I pulled it out and realized it was your placenta. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, so I put it in New a black York bag. Stories. Right. She's like, so I put it in a black bag because it kind of weirded me out. What? Girl, don't cover my placenta. I was, mm-hmm. Which is how I forgot that it's in there because it's in a black bag now. So funny. Um, <sighs> so, yeah, Rujeko, I mean, you can do whatever you want with your placenta. Eat it. Don't eat it. Is, see, see what resonates with you. But I like the idea of giving it back to the earth. I think how did that, you say that? I'm actually, with all the different meats in my freezer, what if I pick up the wrong thing thinking I think it's placenta, but oh, it's really just so good So what? Meat. So then you eat your placenta and it's all good. <laughs> you know, but like I'm saying, what if I bury the wrong meat? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's, it's the this. intention. Exactly. <laughs> You're right. Just put that good intention. intention out there. Mara, right. thank you so much again for your time oh, and your you. energy. It's my, thank you, my, Mara. my great too. pleasure. I'm so happy you to be came. here. I love you guys. And I'm, and I mean that not in a, I love <laughs> you. I love you. When you said that, my my nails curled because I know, have a thing about what, people like but that. You know, and I do it because I like feel that at the moment and the excitement and of the you know connect and the energy. But yeah. and, you know, it's okay. That's okay too. It's like telling people you love them. It's like we need more love, sweet. Totally. But then there's like the I fucking love you. Yeah. And there are those people. Totally. Oh, there's the, oh my gosh, I love you. And yeah, it's like, I don't, I, don't I would die without you. I love you. Yeah. There's those people. <laughs> well, we love y'all. And until Thank next you. time. Yes. Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Bye.